This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning, and we will get underway in just a second. I will remind you that next Thursday is Veterans Day. And I want to remind you that we will be rebroadcasting our award-nominated program letters from Alma that I did with Robert House. It's old-time, old-school live radio where it was when it first aired. We're going to rebroadcast that for you on Veterans Day. It's Letters Home from the Front, the European Front. It's a rare opportunity to find out what it was like back then uh, to live through the war uh, with someone you love very much. It's a It's kind of a nice little show. We're very honored to be uh, nominated for uh, Illinois Broadcasters Silver Dome Award. We're proud of that. Whether we win or not doesn't matter, but we're proud of the product. So tune in next Thursday morning at 7.30 for Letters from Alma. All right. This morning we are talking harvest. It It is a Tom and Jerry show day, and we always enjoy Tom and Jerry shows because with us, are Tom Fricky from the Vermilion County Farm Bureau and Jerry Askren from Iroquois Federal. And so they bring us kind of a comprehensive overview of what's going on in the ag community, which don't ever forget for a moment, is critical to our economy here in Vermilion County. Good morning, guys. Good to talk to you again. Morning, Linda. Good morning, Linda. All right, Mr. Tom. Um, how's it looking out there? This has been a wild and wacky as it always is, wild and wacky uh, uh, fall harvest with the weather. So how do things look right now? Well, we were slowly able to start back getting into the fields this week. Um, Given the deluge of rain we had prior to Halloween, it's kind of been hit and miss where you can get back into the fields, uh, both for completion of harvest and some folks moving on into fall tillage work. So it's it's been good to see the sun and not see the rain clouds the last three or four days so that's certainly hopeful for us and we continue to move back into the field statewide starting the week we were at 81 percent of the corn harvested compared to 80 percent on the five-year average so that's not that far off soybeans on the other hand we're at 75 percent harvested compared to 86 percent on the five-year average part of the reason there's more soybeans left right now than in maybe past years is that some guys were concerned of stock quality in the corn afraid it might go down if we had wind or something like that so a lot of guys did their corn first rather than jumping to beans when they were ready and so that's why you see more of the beans available right now and explain that tom what that means in terms of the the stock quality on the corn cars we don't know we don't know anything we you know we Explained it to us. Well, it could have had insect damage or disease damage at some point during the growing season to where it's not as strong and rigid here in the fall. Uh, the, naturally, the, the plant's deteriorating. That's why it turns brown. It's the, the plant is dying, basically, when it turns brown, which you want it to do. You want it to, to complete its growing cycle and, and complete the making of the grain, if you will. But as that deterioration takes place the the genetics of the plants are designed to have standability and durability until you're able to get it harvested 
But okay. sometimes there's insect damage or disease damage that maybe has affected some varieties of corn more than others, and they are more susceptible to falling over in the wind. The, I mean, the, the weight of that ear hanging on the stalk is kind of a can create a pendulum effect and basically pull the stock over if they get any sort of, of weather impact through through rain or, or wind. So that's why sometimes you decide to go ahead and, and harvest the corn because if that stock falls over and the, the cob's laying on the ground, the combine can't scoop it up and pick it up and harvest it. That's what I thought. Thank you for, for clarifying that. So Jerry, what are you hearing uh, uh, at Iroquois from your your clients in terms of how things are going out there and how they're feeling about this harvest season overall? Well, I, I, I think as Tom just talked about, you know, we're not that far behind uh, a normal harvest, but it's the disappointment that early in October, it looked like by Halloween, yeah. uh, not only would all the crop be harvested, the field work would be done, and it was going to be one of the best harvests that we could remember. And then the rain set in, like Tom talked about, and, and pushed everything back. And so now they're hopeful that they can, they don't have to leave uh, their family dinner on Thanksgiving to go out and finish harvesting their soybeans. Uh, and I, I think they'll, I think they'll have time to get that done. Most, most of the fellows I talk to are, are three, three, three to seven days from getting complete. And that means three good harvesting days. And they haven't had any of those since uh, mid-October. Uh, good days to really go out and get it. I think they're back in the field now. Uh, a couple guys I talked to were cutting beans yesterday and, and a few back into some corn uh, before that. But all in all, things financially look pretty solid for the crop year 2021. The concern has already turned to Linda 2022 with input cost. Um, you know, we, as we know, everything's in short supply. And when you have a higher grain values, that causes those input values to go up uh, as well. And we expected that, but the short supply is the one that might be the biggest concern. And so now uh, guys are calling in October where they would normally be November or December wanting to do prepaids. I'm going to pay oh. this year's expenses now or next year's expenses now. And it might be that we're now in the realm of financing a little extra money so that they can buy those input costs without having to sell more crop because then that doesn't help their tax liability situation. So uh, it's a normal harvest in the fact that no two harvests are ever the same and the stresses aren't, aren't any different um, than they normally have. It's just the little disappointment from we thought we were going to have a really good, easy harvest. Now, there are some guys that are, are a little more stressed out because they have had some crop losses. As Tom talked about, that uh, that plant that fell over, uh, over a lot, across just across the state line. We were so lucky here in Vermilion County that that windstorm stayed over there and blew down some crops. And we haven't had rivers coming out uh, like they do over there. Uh, so there's been some crop losses around already. Uh, some of that crop, as Tom talked about, um, the, the, the ear is on the ground in some places. And there's going to be some crop losses. So there's there's some some disappointment. Uh, but all in all, uh, pretty good harvest. Tom, talk a little bit about what, uh, enhance what Jerry was talking about, because it's a really important point. You and I spoke about it briefly. There are so much, uh, so many unknowns when those, uh, even though they have the technology now, 
you got the drones and you got a lot of things that are helping, but not everybody has those. So there are a lot of unknowns when you, when you put that combine in the field and head it down the rows, you're not sure what you're going to find. And that can really impact how this whole thing works, correct? It can. I mean, yes, there's a lot more capability of scouting what kind of field condition your fields are in. But until you actually get into the harvest mode where you're actually pulling the corn or the soybeans into the combine, there are so many different variables. The the test weight, what we call it, is is are the kernels too dry? Are they too wet? That can impact the yield. The the stress that was on the plant throughout the year, whether from insect disease or, or weather, will determine how well the kernels filled on the cob, how big the kernels are, and that sort of thing. So those are some of the impacts that you can do scouting and you can do uh, tests and you can take samples out in the fields. But on an 80-acre field, if you're taking four or five samples, there's a lot of other areas that, that maybe you aren't touching in those samples, and that leads to some of that variability. A lot of the corn yields have come in across the county. They've been good, but they haven't necessarily been the barn buster yields we were looking for as we expected in August. Uh, Jerry, would you say that's kind of the norm across the county? That, that's absolutely true. And, and Tom hit it exactly right. That was the time frame. It was August. You, the, the people in town may remember the couple of weeks where you didn't have to mow your grass yeah, because we yeah. got so hot and dry. One, you didn't want to go out and mow the grass so it was so hot and dry. Yeah. That time frame really hurt the crop. And it probably took the top 20 bushels maybe out of the corn crop around the area. And, and also that time frame contributed to the, the wheat stock as well. Because the corn plant, Linda, it, it, its mission is to produce a big ear of corn. And it will pull the nutrients from the ground when there's moisture, when it can, to produce that big ear. But when it can't, its mission hasn't changed. So it starts to cannibalize itself, pulling nutrients from the stock, in essence, weakening the stock in order to keep trying to produce that big ear of corn. And so that that stretch and all it took was, Tom, what, two weeks in August to, to really to really dampen what would have been bin buster to closer to average. Okay, I'm going to jump in here, guys, and go to break, and then we're going to come back and talk more about this. Just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning. It may be Donut Day, but it is also Tom and Jerry Day. So with us this morning are Tom Fricke from the Vermilion County Farm Bureau, Jerry Askren from Iroquois Federal, giving us an update on harvest uh, and, the, and the ag economy so critical to our own uh, existence here in Vermilion County. So um, we were talking a little bit about this, what happened in August and that could impact the stock and have that, that uh, impact. One of the things I find fascinating about farming is y'all talk about it and you all speculate what could happen. But when it comes right down to it, the mystery of farming is that you never know what's gonna happen until you get in the field and see what it looks like or until the weather happens and you see what the result is. I think that is a fascinating thing that 
must be a real challenge for those folks who devote their lives to that industry. Well, that's absolutely right. Oh, Jerry's been down. Okay, one of you. No, that's okay. Well, I just say that that's true. And then there's the other factor of not knowing what the value is going to be for their crop. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I will, I'll, I'll let Tom speak on, on this too, of course, but because of those stresses, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, of stress that goes on that, that, uh, the farmers are dealing with that we may not realize, um, those levels and the farm bureau, um, helps combat those things, uh, uh, with their mission as well. Don't they Tom? Yes. There are a lot of resources out there that, that are available. we We've realized in agriculture, we can't just be the, the tough, self-sufficient people that we've always been and, and still are, but it's, it's not a detriment to reach out and talk to people or, or say, hey, I need help dealing with this issue or this situation I'm going through. And so those resources are available. There are 800 numbers folks can call and, and reach out and get that help that they need, just talking through whatever their situation is. Absolutely. So, um, Tom, what about, uh, and Jerry both, what about the impact of supply chain issues? Has that had any bearing? Uh, because one of, the, one of the unknowns about farming is you put that humongous piece of equipment, that million-dollar combine, in the field and ready to roll it out and go and, and complete the harvest, and if something happens to the equipment, if a, if a part breaks down, it's got to be replaced. Well, that's a delay right there. But if the supply, supply chain is holding things up, that worsens the issue. So has there been much of that this year? There's some there, there getting has. to that point. I uh, was talking with, with the guy the other day, his brother's farms, and um, he was getting a, a, I believe it was a belt that was a very common belt on a lot of combines used on a lot lot of different models and when he bought that at the parts shop he got the last one they had the last one that was in a good vicinity radius around us and so there are becoming some of those issues another gentleman had to replace a combine tire couldn't find that size in his in his area from any dealers he had to go over to a to a junkyard over in indiana and find that tire and take it off of a old combine over there to have a tire on the combine to get through the rest of this season. So there we're starting to see some of that impact hitting the equipment industry here locally as well. Hey, Jerry, on, on your side of it, um, cause you were speaking just earlier about because of the way the harvest is playing out that they're already starting to look and supplies, they're already starting to look at what's going to happen down the road. So, we may not even have all the crops in from this year, but they're already thinking ahead to planting next year. So talk about that a little bit. That's that's all part of this too, right? It, it is, and it, it's something that uh, we started to say before was it's something they do every year, but normally it's later in the time frame when they start looking at uh, paying for those inputs for next year. But the supply side has caused a problem again where – there might not be uh, enough of the product out there to, um, to, to supply. At least that's the thread at this point. Uh, so you need to buy it now to get the price locked in while it's cheaper and it's available. Um, that would be the same thing as Tom was talking about for those parts. Um, might have been a wise choice to have that commonly used belt already at your farmstead 
and paid for and hanging on the wall. Uh, that way you already had it. So that's what some of the guys are doing with their, their input supplies. But you, now you're talking about something that's, that's um, several thousands of dollars that they're trying to outlay now to buy a product that is, in some cases, multiple times higher than what it was just a year ago uh, when the price of crops weren't as high. Um, so there's the problem. And then one other is, and, and Tom can reflect on this too, anhydrous is if nitrogen is something that's critical for corn production. And quite often, farmers will fall apply their anhydrous, and then it stays in the soil until the plant is, is the, the seed is put in the ground in the spring, and that way it's there ready for the plant. Well, because of the harvest delays and the wet fields, there will be less of that going on this fall. Therefore, more anhydrous needs to be applied in the spring. But there's only so much anhydrous that the local suppliers can can fill up and hold. So if they don't get part of it put on in the fall, come this spring, the suppliers may not have a large enough supply to cover everybody because a percent of it didn't get put on in the fall like it normally does. So these these aspects are all coming together to create a, a, a perfect storm, if you will, uh, and not a good one by any means. So uh, things are just a little more difficult than we've seen before uh, in, in this, this time of year. And Tom, so from that perspective, then that will have impact on what I do with the money I get from my harvest. So if I was planning to add onto the house, um, buy a car, uh, uh, invest in some things, uh, that may impact if I have to have ready cash available to spend it now to do what I need to do now, instead of when I would normally do it in spring. That's going to affect how I handle that, right? It certainly could. I mean, there's also that impact. An another impact that, that farmers are having, if, if they needed a new truck right now, I mean, new trucks aren't, aren't readily available as all new vehicles aren't because we're waiting on those silly chips to get from wherever they're coming from so the mm -hmm. manufacturers can keep making new cars and trucks so that's another impact that that's affecting farmers as well is if they need something new even if they have the cash to do it they can't get a truck right now so another impact we're all dealing with absolutely we're going to talk more with uh the guys in just a moment on newsmakers 1490 wdan 1490 wdan Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton on the Zoom call this morning. It's the Tom and Jerry show. We always enjoy those very much an ag update from Tom Fricky, Vermilion County Farm Bureau and Jerry Askren from Iroquois Federal. I always learn so much from you guys and I appreciate it. Real quick, we're almost out of time, but Tom, all this uh, that's unknown, all the unknowns that surround farming right now, and yet farmland is uh, selling well, right? Well, the farmland is holding its value. We just had a sale in Southern Vermilion County a couple of weeks ago that a couple of 80-acre tracks, just, just shy of 80 acres each because there was a house that homestead on each one, brought $17,400 an acre. So the, the, the market is still out there. There's a lot of reasons some guys might be looking at selling ground right now, the, the instability of of what tax policy is going to come out of Washington could 
depending on the various scenarios that have been expressed, could dramatically impact the ability to sell farmland on an economical basis. And so that's why some people, if they're in retirement, if they have an estate they're trying to settle, that movement's taking place now. And on the buying side, you're still looking at low interest rates, which make it attractive to to continue to own farmland. And it makes it a good investment because the returns are still there compared to other investment opportunities. Hey, Jerry, real quick, we're almost out of time. Um, Inflation is uh, certainly in the midst of us at the moment. Uh, How do you think this is going to play out? What do you think all this stuff going on in the ag industry, how it's going to impact our pricing, our food prices, the supply chain, et cetera. What are you seeing? Well, I think on the on the uh, inflation side, and that's that's all been contributing in here. That's why food prices are higher, land prices are higher. That's one of those things in there too. Everything's more expensive, and I don't think that's slowing down anytime real soon. And um, so those things uh, are something we're always dealing with and looking at. And it does look as though at some point we're going to have to see some higher interest rates. The Fed's already making some changes that may cause that to come around here in June. Again, that's what Tom's talking about. Somebody trying to lock in long-term rates now on the purchase of farmland uh, makes it more critical maybe to make that purchase today rather than waiting another 12 months. Um, so those, those factors are going to come into play as well and, and already are in play. Tom, how would you rate it so, uh, overall uh, this this uh, harvest season? I, I it sounds to me from what you two have told me, uh, we're we're okay. We got some challenges, but we're we're hanging in there. We are hanging in there from a combination of even though the yields maybe weren't the blockbusters we were looking at, everybody's still saying they are good yields. I mean, we've we've seen a lot of soybeans in the seventy to eighty bushel range, which is very good for beans. We've seen corn yields that maybe weren't in the 250 range, but they've been in the Mm -hmm. 220 range. So those are still decent yields for a lot of our farmers. Other parts of the counties, it all depends on the soil type. I mean, one guy said, oh, I only got 190 bushels on this field. Well, 30 miles away on the other end of the county, they'd have loved to have gotten 190 bushels. So it just depends on what area of the county you're from. But I think overall, the yields have been decent. The prices right now help support those decent yields. So even though we're dealing with a, a delayed harvest completion by with all the rain we had and trying to get into the fields, I would think overall the, the farm mood right now is I would say about a seven or an eight. Jerry, what would you say? I, I would agree with that. And, and the factor that's not making that a 10, because this year technically could be a 10, is the fact of what's coming next year. Uh, farmers aren't farming for one year. They're farming for multiple years and multiple generations. And so if it wasn't for the factor and the fear of the, the, the supply problems and the higher input costs for next year, this year's a 10 by itself. It's, it's, it's really the income levels are going to be fantastic. It's just, Linda, as you had said earlier, their, their input costs are going to cut into their profits so that they don't have that expendable income that they, they thought they might have had. So, so but this to, year by itself, fantastic year. Uh, yeah, so they'll about have to go back year. and look at how they proceed, but at least they've got a decent foundation to do that uh, on. So that's good news. And that's really good news. We must never, ever forget that. Yeah. Really good news for Linda, Vermillion close, County. Close with supply side. Money is available. 
<laughs> money is available. The farmers are going to have money this year, and the banks are going to have money to lend it out. Money's available, and there's Nothing plenty of places to spend it. Nothing better than a happy banker sitting on a pile, and that's Jerry. Uh, ready to lend it out. Yeah, that's right, Linda. Hey, guys, thank you very much for being with us. I really appreciate it. We'll check with you, you know, later on as we go forward and, and see what spring's going to look like. So thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Linda. Thank you, Linda. See appreciate ya. the opportunity. Talk to you again. Uh, please have a safe weekend. Um, if you haven't got your shot, get it. If you haven't got a booster, get it uh, and wear your mask. Join me on Monday. I'll be back in the studio with Brooke Ferber and Jonathan Munoz from the Child Advocacy Center. We got a lot to talk about. So join us on Monday on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.